Welcome to Coffee with April. What you're about to listen to is the audio recording of our April video content. We're bringing this to you in audio form to make sure you can take it with you wherever you go. For the full video, please visit our YouTube channel, Coffee with April. Thank you. Today at Coffee with April, we're hanging out in Shanghai out of all the places in the world. We're in Shanghai for the coffee festival and we're brewing a bunch of coffee. And we're sitting in one of three on-air shops. And with me, I have Leo. Hi, Leo. <laughs> How are you? Very good. Uh, Leo is, is kind enough to uh, let us hang out here in the in the morning and basically brew some coffee for us. Yeah. What are we What are we brewing now? So we're brewing the Ethiopian buku. Buku. So it's a wash process. Ethiopian you. Roasted by roasted by April. <laughs> we also we also had what's where's the ah, we don't need the Russian bag, but we're we're also drinking. Oh, here it is. Here it is. We're also drinking the Welder Catherine, uh, also an Ethiopian coffee, Uraga, washed um, from Russia, which is pretty cool. Uh, what we want to do here, because me and Leo goes back a few years now, I remember the, the first time, not the first time in China, but the first time in Shanghai, I was randomly invited here by someone else to yeah. this very shop to have a presentation about coffee roasting. That's right. That must have been. Three, that must have been like three, four. Three years ago. Three years ago, I would say. Yeah, three. Yeah, well, before April, right? That was back in the five elephant days. That's right. Um, and you were one of the the people uh, kind enough to to start buying April coffee at the very beginning. You kind of seen our progression from from day one to to now. Very, very much. Um, I still remember the first packaging. Yeah. That you guys had. But. I'm glad you guys don't remember the first packaging because <laughs> that, that was a bit questionable, right? But I think I, back in that was a good timing. Yeah. And for us, it was actually a very important turning point because we started knowing I would say not much about coffee. Um, I had a passion for coffee. Yeah. I drink coffee since I was 16, and then I started looking into specialty coffee around 2013. Yeah, and then I realized, oh wow, this actually there's a whole bunch of knowledge that we had to get into the depth. And then we started using blends in the beginning, and then you know I wasn't happy about it. And I wanted the coffee not to be as anybody else tried to keep it the same. I wanted it to be changing, changing mm. with the. The season. I didn't know about seasonality back then, but I, I wanted to change every quarter yeah. because I want something different when people come back in. And when April was created back in 2016, yeah, October, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And that was the time. Oh I wow, that's like what? That's exactly three years ago now, exactly isn't it? Three yeah. years ago, right? So I think that that sort of fit the concept perfectly because you always focus so much about the freshness of green coffee and then how we roast it. And I think that was really the point that we started using only single origin espressos and filters, our filters of course, but espressos that we, you know, we change with the season, we change it every mm. month or every two months. For us, it's great because we get to run through so many coffee, like one year. Yeah. And that's a blessing for a coffee shop. Because what my goal, really, for the for the customer is, that I I wanted to taste the differences, but I want them to have the same experience, but with different coffee. Mm, right? mm. It has to be good, 
but it's different ways to get there. Yeah. Right. Different profiles, different, different. You know, we we have to work with different extraction for different coffee. So you know, our barista has to adapt that, and they're accepting it very much so because this is very natural for me. Yeah. Right. For us as well as the whole team. Yeah. So that's very important. For sure, we had that. I mean, we see that a lot with with uh, the the partners we work with around the world are kind enough to kind of work with us for a very long time that it's also there's no coincidence that every time i go into an on-air shop our coffee tastes good right so right when we arrived here uh, a few days ago we went uh, straight to the the fur shop that just recently opened that on air and um, um basically had a coffee and the cool thing there was that the quality of that coffee was was very very good and it was a brand new shop yeah. brand new concept um, and it still works out really, really well, right? And that comes from the fact that we're collaborating for a long time. But so the, the purpose here is that we're trying to kind of, to some degree, deconstruct how do we make a good coffee shop, yeah. right? Because that's a trend now. Everyone wants a coffee shop, everyone wants a coffee roastery. You have three coffee shops. So let's start by just looking at quickly, uh, for those that don't know on air, what's the kind of timeline? When did you start the first shop, second shop, third yeah. shop? We started the first shop around uh, actually August. 8th, mm. 2015, and our second shop a year later, around August, September as well. And not only till this year, we started our third shop. Yeah. So we're not trying to grow like crazy. And my, I... Is that me, a, why, why not grow like crazy? I think growing crazy takes a certain amount of, a, a different type of approach than what I have. I, sure. I wanted to have more like quality based. If you grow like crazy, it, it, you would have to compromise somehow. Like if you in such a speed, I, I would say, right? Because consistency is going to be an issue. And then also how do you keep it up with the raw materials, like coffee bean supplies, and then how do you change it with the season? Is it the same, like the same concept that I can have if we do it with like 20 stores and 30 stores? No, mm. it's not going to happen. It's, it just doesn't work the way like that. Mm. So you always have to sacrifice one side, one way or the other. So we know that we are very quality focus driven and we want to do it right. But at the same time, we know we are very front here in the industry that we only use light roasted coffee. We don't have anything on the land. We have light. light sure, which in, in, uh, in Shanghai is, is definitely not usual, right? No, I think it's very unusual. For most of the coffee we try here is, is definitely on the, maybe not, it's definitely not too dark, but it's yeah. definitely on a heavier side of things. Yeah. And we see a lot of blends, a lot of like heavy, funky naturals as well. Yeah. So that's a, a light roasted coffee as we have a funny incident in, in, in this building, in our building because we have tenants in, in the whole entire project. As on air, we don't only, it's not only the coffee shop, but we have these office spaces, boutique office spaces. Mm. And the people who are, the, the friends that we have it upstairs, they have been drinking coffee, been drinking our coffee for like the past two years. They'll say, oh, I cannot go out and drink coffee anymore <laughs> because they get used to the delicacy yeah. of the flavors, yeah. right? And that's exactly what we want. We want them to taste and feel like, okay, it doesn't have to taste heavy, it doesn't have to be bitter, it has to be comfortable, mild, and then delicate. That's, that's what we want to give it. Sure, but and that's also, I mean, that's, that's difficult, right? Because I think, I think a lot of people, when they open up a coffee shop, um, and I mean, for the record, I never open up a coffee shop, so I don't know much about this, but I just assume this is, a, this is at least what I hear, is that 
when you start, I see a lot of coffee shops start with a very ideological perspective on things where we want to do things like this. We want to have only single origin. We want to have only light roasted. And then six months into that process, you find you know a, a dark blend with three coffees that no one really knows what it is uh, because they couldn't make it work, right? So you see it as it's something really simple and with a lot of ease, but I know that there's some effort and it's, it's not always easy to go down that path, yeah. to be very consistent and persistent with what you serve. Yeah. Was that ever difficult? Always. Uh, for us, I think every shop has different situations. Like if, you know, if it, first time I think you, when, when you enter on air, you must be very like curious, like why the hell is like the outside alley, right? Like, oh, yeah, sure, dark, sure, dirty sure, alley, sure. and what, what's, where is it? I mean, I, I, I love it. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I loved it from day one, but I mean, it's, it's hard. You guys just need to visit. Maybe we can even get some like photos and clips in there. I don't know. Um, but uh, the, the location of this shop is amazing, right? It's fantastic. I love this kind of unexpected experience you get, right? You yeah. go off on one of the biggest highways or like, you know, uh, um, what do you call it? Like commercial streets yeah, in, in, in Shanghai and then into a little backyard, yeah. which back then was a complete dump. Yeah. It looked like You had a restaurant crap. with a lot of trash at the back. Yeah, and, and then you go in and you open up the door and it's this beautiful coffee shop here. And I think the reason why what we are doing, we can, we can keep up what we're doing because we're so hidden. We're sure. not, like people come to our first shop, it's very specific. Mm. It's very specific that they know about us. Mm. And they know about our coffee, they know about our environment. And that's why they come here and they had to search for it. People mm. usually like walk back and forth like three times mm. before they actually can get to our place. Yeah. And in the, in the beginning, for us, I thought that was a really huge like negative side. But now I see it as advantage because you're so hidden away that it's almost like secretive that people have to search for it. I mean, it's a destination it's, shop, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's like a shop. fine dining restaurant. You need to kind of, you know, not book a, a six, year, six months yeah. in advance, but it's still, it's a process, it's yeah. a journey, right? And then, as I said, because of this reason, we can do what we do. Mm. We can keep up. We, mm. don't, we don't compromise that for what the general public wants. Mm. I mean, that's a huge, another huge debate, I would say. Like, do you meet the market or do you do something you mm. want to do? Mm. That's always a dilemma between a craftsman and also a person who's trying to make money mm. and be a business, mm. right? Like what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's pretty clear as as on that subject is that where the coffee industry is, I hate the word saturated, and it's, it's definitely not oversaturated, but there's so many companies now going down the same path, yeah. which is an active choice, right? that I think you're always safer going down a different path. Right. I think that's the clearest trend within coffee now. But I'm very curious here because now we just talked about this, you know, first shop, it's a lot of identity, it's a lot of, that's kind of setting the, the bar or the ballpark for, for on air as a brand. How do you then, you know, what's the thought process moving on to the second shop and then the third shop, right? How is that, is that scary? Is that difficult? Uh, I think for us to, to open the first shop was, actually quite scary already because mm. you know we're completely moving from one industry to another I was an you know architect designer and for me in the coffee field I was a total amateur and I had to work my way in to become knowing more 
to, to, to learn a lot more, I have to push myself. Mm. And to open the second shop was actually a very straightforward decision because that's our design studio. And then we want to have the coffee shop and design studio together. Yeah. So the second shop really, really sort of wasn't a, it was a bit of a decision, but you know, we, we had to make it work, right? We wanted to do events there and that's why we designed the function according to what we wanted. And that's mm. the best thing about opening coffee for us is that we can design according to our thoughts, right? And then yeah, we know sure. exactly what we want. Um, but then, you know, we didn't open anything else after these two shops for, for a while. Then we were never, I think opening shops is always down to opportunities. It's where they have a good location. Sometimes they have good product, but not great location. Maybe that is a, you know, that again is like a balance of itself, like it doesn't work out. Mm. Uh, if you can have a good product and good location, that's great. I mean, you hope that will work, right? So you're waiting for the opportunity. So we have been waiting for the opportunity to find the good location and then trying to see if we can implement a good product. Yeah. And for me, like what you said, like everybody's going down the same path. It's been almost more than 8,000 coffee shops opening in Shanghai. <laughs> and every, you can see virtually like probably over two thirds of the people are going down the same path. Yeah. Then I wanted something else. I never wanted the same thing. I never wanted the, the same type of category that just repeats, repeats, repeats. We know that because that becomes sort of boring for me. But I mean, I, I, we, we want diversity. That's what, always what we wanted. The selection of coffee, even to our baristas, we have diversity in people. Like our baristas are really well educated, you never imagine. But then they decide to, to, to come here and make coffee and serve people, we want diversity in people, right? And we want diversity in our products. So our third shop is focusing on coffee and food. And that's something new for us again. We have to go in again to see, oh, this is something that we set up and then we try to make it work and then we gotta put our effort into it. So, you know, and the next we're making chocolate, that's another thing, but... Uh, it's it's an evolution, right? I mean, a company, a company needs to move forward, right? Yeah. It needs to progress, it needs to, it needs to change. It's not always about changing a space or getting more spaces, but a company always needs to move right somewhere. But what in this process, if you wanna list um, for, for the people watching as well, what's been the kind of three most challenging um, things you've been going through over these years? Like, what's the most difficult part with starting a coffee shop? Uh, I think, to be real honest, like funding, of course, is the most difficult, I would say. If you have cash or, or fundings, that will give you a really good start because there's a lot of things that need to put your, your, your cash in for. For example, knowing your key core skills, right? That's another one, coming to the second one, is knowing your core skills. If you don't know anything about coffee and you want to do a coffee shop, that becomes really difficult because how can you do it? I often get a lot of questions from people saying, I don't know about coffee, can I come to learn coffee with you for like three days and I want to open a coffee shop? Yeah. I've, then I've, that becomes like a really huge Yeah, <laughs> I, I think about that from a coffee roastery perspective as well because I mean, I was fortunate enough that when I started April, I did not do that from scratch, yes. right? I had experience and, I, and I, at least I learned a few things before I did that. And I cannot believe or even imagine how difficult it must be to start a coffee roastery without ever working in coffee before. That's right. 
so again, core skills. Yeah. Always know that core skill is something that you you always need to hold in hand before you do anything else. Like same mm. in other industries. Mm. It's not just in coffee. It's any other industries that you know, like if you open a design company, you have to, you know, in a sense, work or or have a way to work around it so you can you can you can be paid for. Right. That's how you survive. That's mm. a very important thing. So core skills. So funding core skills, and then the third one is locations. Location. Yeah. Locations is Location from, from a price, like a rent perspective, which turns into cash flow, or uh, location as in just finding the right vibe to the shop? Uh, it, I would say sometimes it's not, sometimes it's uh, by luck, I would say. For example, like oh, this location. Location-wise, uh, anybody who come in say, whoa, this is in the back alley, this is a dump. If you come to our shop and see the photos, the development of the photos that we've been through, then you realize that oh, no, nobody will actually see this as a beautiful space and mm. looking to the backyard and having a good vibe, right? And that's a that's a vision. Like I think sometimes it's just a, a sudden surprise that you, when you bump into something, can you see that? Can you see the potential? And then does the the, the rent meet? Is it the rent outrageous or mm. is it the space meet? And then in Shanghai, there's uh, does the license meet? It's always these components has to all go together in order to make it work. Yeah. Right? So you have to be patient. You cannot just say, oh, like, this shop seems popular, but I haven't analyzed anything. I haven't done any calculations. I haven't done any like you know budgeting about how much that I should put in and then how many people I should hire, right? All that, it's uh, in, in the beginning, we did all that. In the yeah. But we, we still very scared, like how we- How, uh, how well did the initial plans and thoughts about on air correlate with the reality of what it ended up becoming? I think it was a lot, a lot better than what we had in mind in the beginning. Okay. I think just right before we opened, we real, I realized what the attraction is and then how we get people in. I mean, our opening was uh, was was quite good. We got you know quite a few hundred people coming in to to taste our coffee, to come in to show. And, uh, that was a that was a really good start. But then, with a good start, doesn't mean that we keep up. You go slow down, and then gradually, you build up your reputation, right? Mm. And then you slowly go up. Again, that's by luck as well. Sometimes, what you're doing is great, but if people don't notice it. It doesn't work either. Yeah, I think that was for me. That was a huge lesson with with April as well, and I think a lot of people fall into that same trap as well, where it's very easy to get traction in the beginning. Yeah. It really is because you're new and people like new stuff. But then what's happening six months after or twelve months after, where there's twenty new you know right. new kids on the block, and then all of a sudden you're not that cool anymore. That's, right. That's when um, people are going to see: is this a good business model or, or is it right? Is this going to work or not? It was great meeting up with Leo at On Air during our recent trip to Shanghai. At April, we believe in growing together with our partners, and it was a pleasure to sit down and discuss coffee and business together with one of our first collaborators in the industry. We'll be sure to follow up with more discussions with Leo during future episodes. Thank you guys for watching. From us here at April, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you.